We've made it to the weekend. Hello, y'all. This is John Rawl, the general of all things Southern, and this is the Y'all Show on a Friday as we close out a busy week of talking about what's going on across the southeast of these United States. Hope you all have a busy and exciting Friday plan. Hope you all have a busy and exciting weekend plan for many of you. You better have that umbrella out. It's going to be rather rough from lots of rain and thunderstorms passing across many southern states. So keep your eye out on your local weather forecast for the weather of the weekend. Luckily for all you college football fans, there won't be too much of a problem there. There's only one regular season, if you will, college football game going on this weekend, and that's the Army-Navy game. We broke it down big on Thursday when Kiefer Ingalls was here on the Y'all Show as he does a good job talking about college football when he appears with us, usually usually once a week. But we had him on twice last week to help make sense of the Florida State snub in the college football playoff and all the other goings-on of sports from that guy, Kiefer Ingalls. And if you missed any of that conversation, hey, you are welcome to go check out the Y'all Show podcast archives as we are right there, easy to find. And we're on Spotify, the iHeartRadio the app for iHeartRadio, the TuneIn app, plus Apple Podcasts, Apple iTunes, and you know you can find us also at y'all.com, the South's homepage, right there, beautiful, easy to find, y-a-l-l.com, y'all.com, and we got a whole section of that website devoted to the Y'all Show podcast, so thank you for all of you who catch us on the Y'all Show podcast each and every day, and thank you also to those of you taking the time to find us on one of our great terrestrial radio affiliates. To participate in this program about the Southeast, you can text us anytime. We have that number open 24-7. It's 615-208-4184. Our email address here at the Y'all Show is mail, M-A-I-L, mail at Y-A-L-L dot com. News headlines coming in today. Among the headlines we've got for you, is a arrest of three officers in Decatur, Alabama. All that for the shooting death of a black man. We'll give you the latest out of Morgan County in North Alabama. Also, a toy store in Nashville is giving families a great choice, free toys. So we'll tell you about that story from Music City. Also, another feel-good story. Good Samaritans have stopped a woman from setting Martin Luther King's birthplace afire in Atlanta, Georgia. We'll let you know about that. An update from a story that happened earlier this week. Sadly, another mass shooting, this time in Las Vegas, Nevada. And there is a connection with the shooter with East Carolina University. And I've got info coming out of North Carolina on that. Hey, we got an update on the Booty Patrol guy. Remember, not long ago, I told you about a man in Florida driving around with what really looked like an official law enforcement vehicle that had all the proper markings and the lights and more. And this vehicle, instead of labeled, for example, the Yall County Sheriff's Department or the City of Yall Police Department, instead it had Booty Patrol. And kind of funny, 
but not really legal. And so Florida, in Florida, they've caught the man driving the booty patrol truck, and he's now facing charges. So we got info on that. We also have info on how a restaurant in East Tennessee had a failing grade on their health inspection, and the failing grade because they found hair in the pimento cheese that they were serving there. Yikes. I've got info on that just in time for maybe your lunch or supper when you're thinking about having pimento cheese. Yikes. John Rahm, golfer, the current champion of the Masters, leaving the PGA Tour for Live Golf. I'll explain that. He had a press conference Thursday and a little golf news on the Y'all Show. Plus, a dead Longhorn cow found at an Oklahoma State University fraternity when they were playing the Texas Longhorns. What is that all about? We've got that headline coming your way today. Also, on this Friday edition in our first hour, we're going to rewind back to earlier in the week. It's I-C-Y-M-I in case y'all missed it. And we're going to go back to our conversation that we had with the Takapola Storyteller on Tuesday where Mr. Storyteller himself came on and discussed the war that's going on in Israel with Hamas as well as what's going on in Yemen. There is a bubbling war that's not getting a lot of attention, but it could erupt in a big way in Yemen over in South I guess that would be Southeast Asia, right near Africa. But Yemen causing problems for the United States right now. We've got the Takapola Storyteller discussing that. And also, we talked Ukraine with him. We've got a section of that interview that we did on Tuesday that we're going to replay. It's called I-C-Y-M-I, in case y'all missed it. And we'll have that for you coming up in the last segment of this hour. Hour two today, in addition to the news headlines of the day, Paul Hare of the Hare Financial Group dropping by to give us all of the goings on on Wall Street and how this week looked in terms of retail and other things you need to know that have to do with your pocketbook. That's coming up in hour number two. Also, we've got a great new little movie that's out just in time for Christmas. And I want to tell you about the movie Because of Bethlehem. It has connections to both Oklahoma and Texas. And I can't wait to tell you about this new release out this weekend in theaters. It's called Because of Bethlehem. All that's part of our Dixie Cinema. We'll tell you about the other movie making its debut on this weekend in December. In our final hour today, it is our Friday Free For Y'all. We'll kick it off with David Lee Murphy and a little party crowd from him. Then we're going to go from David Lee to a lady that truly is having one heck of a party this week. Now, earlier in the week on the Y'all Show, we played Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree from Brenda Lee. That song right now is the number one song in the land. Kudos to her. That song was recorded 65 years ago. 65 years ago, Brenda Lee was atop the chart with Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree. This week, big news in Nashville. They're trying to codify that song to be the official holiday song of the Volunteer State. So this may be one of the biggest weeks in Brenda Lee's life, the little Miss Dynamite singer herself, who is right about 82 years young right now. I'm going to, I think she's around there. I could be, it's somewhere around 80, give or take five years. I'm going to give you the exact age of Brenda Lee, the Georgia-born but longtime Nashville resident. We're going to give you all of her background 
But today, instead of playing the holiday song Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree in our Friday Free For Y'all in Hour 3, I'm going to play that other song. Well, actually, I'm not going to play that other song. I'm not going to play that other Christmas-type song that she's got, which is Jingle Bell Rock. Great song, by the way. No, I'm going to take you back in case you're not all that familiar with Brenda Lee. We're going to play arguably one of her biggest commercial success songs that did not have to do with the holidays. And I'm not going to apologize for it. There's a subtle hint of of what uh, of what we're going to play for Brenda Lee in our tribute to her. What a week she's had. And we'll have that coming up in our third hour. Plus, we've got hashtag Cullabaloo. I'm going to tell you about Texas Pride. And we're going to tell you about living on Hilton Head. All that's coming up in our final hour. Plus, we'll have as a salute to the Army-Navy game. Go Army, beat Navy. Go Navy, beat Army. As a little tribute to that, we found, as our Southern food for thought to leave you with in our final hour, we found an article called Five of the Military MRE, the five best MREs of all time. If you've served in the military, you know what meals ready to eat are. And we've got this article <clears throat> that I think you'll enjoy. It's the five best military MREs of all time. Salute. We'll get to that in, in, in our final hour in today's Y'all Show. So, again, thank you for tuning in on the Y'all Show. Let's dive into today's news headlines. And we take you first off to Decatur, Alabama, where now police have arrested three officers, or rather they haven't arrested, they have fired three officers involved in a death of a black man, Stephen Perkins, and one of the officers has been suspended. So they fired him, and a fourth officer suspended for the involvement in the shooting death of Stephen Perkins. The mayor of Decatur, Alabama, Tab Bowling, said the disciplinary, disciplinary actions are, quote, effective immediately. The names of the officers not released by the mayor's office. Mayor Bowling added, it is incumbent on us as a city, as people who love Decatur, to work to move forward and work to ensure that this tragedy is not forgotten or ignored. The city of Decatur will begin a top-to-bottom review of the policing policies, practices, and ways to improve, including how we provide information to the public. Taking this important step is one way to improve, grow, and in a certain sense, rebuild public trust. The 39-year-old Perkins died after a Decatur officer shot him in the front yard of his home back on September 29th. And now they're turning up the heat on Decatur and a investigation into that by the Alabama Law Enforcement Agency looking into whether officers committed any crimes. The state police will turn over their findings to the Morgan County District Attorney, Scott Anderson, and he will decide whether to arrest the officers or to take the case to a grand jury. But a, another shooting accident or in, an involvement of a shooting officer in shooting and in Decatur, Alabama now, what are we, two months past? Two months past whenever this shooting happened. Police now making some suspensions. Police said that on the night of the shooting, Perkins threatened a tow truck driver attempting to repossess his vehicle. The tow truck driver left the house but returned later with officers. Police said Perkins turned a gun toward an officer who, quote, discharged his duty weapon, 
striking the subject. Security camera footage put out by the Perkins family showed that it was a dark outside when Perkins walked out into his yard while shining a light and shouted for the tow truck driver to put his vehicle down. Police then appeared to emerge from the dark as an officer shouted for Perkins to get on the ground. And then just a second later, 18 gunshots rang out there and the man was struck and killed. More, of course, to come. And something tells me Benjamin Crump, if he's not there in Decatur, Alabama already, he'll be there standing by the family and pushing this forward to prosecution in North Alabama. In Nashville, Brad Paisley and his wife, Kimberly Paisley, have helped create a free grocery store in Music City. And the goal of this free music store is to give families in need the ability to choose their own food in a place they felt like a normal store. The, You know, the store is called, get this, The Store that Brad and Kimberly have opened. The Store is offering the same dignity of choice that parents who look for gifts for the holiday season that they can get by coming into the store during a two-day event that starts today. Selected families will shop at a free toy store stocked with brand new toys, video games, stuffed animals, scooters, clothes, makeup, and musical instruments. Brad Paisley said the emotional aspect of being able to give your child something your child wanted versus just something to sort of get you through the holidays, that's such a load off the minds of somebody who maybe didn't think they were going to be able to do that. So kudos to them. The Paisleys gave a sneak peek of the store on Thursday. And then today, again, it's opening up. They've got volunteers and staff from Brad's alma mater, Belmont University, helping out. And it should be a wonderful two days there as they're giving away all kinds of great items. They received the store about 2,000 donated items, about half of which came from the Nashville area. And they also raised another $20,000 for the store. So feel-good story coming from this power couple of Brad and his actress wife doing a great thing there in Middle Tennessee. Good Samaritans in Atlanta have stopped a woman from setting Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthplace on fire. The beloved landmark in Atlanta was spared from disaster Thursday afternoon, according to Atlanta police, as Good Samaritans, including two tourists from Utah and also two off-duty New York police officers, literally New York Police Department, NYPD, two of those officers stopped a 26-year-old woman who reportedly poured gasoline on the home located at 501 Auburn Avenue. Video shows two of those folks holding the woman down on the ground woman was arrested and charged with criminal attempt to commit arson in the second degree and interference with government property the chief of atlanta said the police there the chief of police said that the quick action saved the jewel of our city something very important to atlanta man that's a pretty wise wise thing there and that's a national landmark i, I can't believe this happened. The house was actually acquired by the National Park Service back in 2018. It actually has been closed to the public since late November as it's undergoing major renovations set to reopen in November of 2025, so shut for over two years. I still can't believe that you have so many people showing up 
touring it, looking at it, when it's closed for two years. But attempted arson thwarted in Atlanta there at the MLK, MLK birthplace. We've got more headlines that we'll be getting to as we go forward here on the Y'all Show. So make sure you hang around for that fun. And don't forget that you can always get the podcast of the show on those great podcast options that we have. Plus, we're at y'all.com, the South's homepage. Again, we'll be right back. More headlines. And before the hour's up, I-C-Y-M-I, in case y'all missed it. Getting us back from break here on the Y'all Show, our opening hour where we've got all of the news headlines and more packaged and coming your way. Earlier in the week, there was a tragic shooting out in Las Vegas on the campus of the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, UNLV. Unfortunately, several people lost their lives and police now have identified the gunman as Tony Pull. Tito, I believe is the last name. And police say this man was a tenured associate professor at East Carolina University in Greenville, North Carolina, until he resigned back in 2017. And then he moved on to be a professor in the Department of Marketing and Supply Chain Management. And now he had actually... Target set up at East Carolina University to go shoot, too. But luckily, I mean, sadly, he shot people, innocent people at UNLV. But this man, again, who had once been a ECU professor, the suspected gunman in Las Vegas this week, and he had a hit list at both schools, his former college and then i think he had applied for a job at unlv and was turned down part of the reason that he ended up going on this shooting spree and killing and another tragedy there in vegas with another mass shooting course coming off of that terrible country music concert from roughly five years ago elsewhere in our news headlines Today, I want to let you know about the Booty Patrol guy. We told you about this story a few months ago. A gentleman, or I assume it was a gentleman, driving around in what looked like to be an official law enforcement car in the Sunshine State that had the letters Booty Patrol on the side of this pickup truck. Well, the guy 
I assume, you know, let me get to the story of who's been arrested. And then I can tell you if indeed it was a guy or, or not, but a driver from Florida taken into custody now for the truck painted similar to a border patrol vehicle with booty patrol on it. DeSoto County, Florida deputies spotted the truck back in late October, adding that the truck had red and blue flashing lights attached to the grill and deputies have decided to do something about booty patrol. Despite uh, what all's happened, deputies said the driver took off after they approached the driver and he spewed dirt and grass up. That's pretty redneck. Despite the truck having similar paint scheme to U.S. Customs and Border Patrol, deputies could tell the vehicle was not affiliated with law enforcement and pulled the truck over. The driver, identified as Gabriel Renteria, told authorities that the lights on his vehicle were not illegal, but he was issued a citation anyway. Deputies have reviewed body camera footage from his traffic stop and realized that the white Chevy Silverado was nearly identical to a Border Patrol truck, except for the multiple green decals that said Booty Patrol around it. Deputies have also discovered that the man had multiple run-ins with law enforcement due to his truck and that his TikTok account is set up to promote Booty Patrol as he uses the vehicle for publicity and followers and for fame. (laughs) And guess what? He's done exactly that. We're talking about Gabrielle right here on the Y'all Show today. And so I don't think it's, I don't think it's illegal. Although law enforcement is asking if, if drivers have been pulled over by the booty patrol, or if you have any information related to incidents of where people have been pulled over by Mr. Booty patrol, call the DeSoto County, Florida Sheriff's office and check in with their criminal investigative division. That number eight, six, three, nine, nine, three, 4,700. But the last thing you'd want to have is someone to pull you over and you're nervous. And then you look over there and (laughs) they're the booty patrol. The booty patrol going to come get you. So come on, Gabrielle. Let's, let's stop the foolishness. Although this is kind of funny. I mean, first of all, they're not right on the border with Mexico driving around a, what some people might think is a, border patrol truck it's the booty patrol good luck there gabrielle i guess just don't break the law police have offered a safe surrender weekend for nonviolent offenders at a church in nashville as metro police encouraging nonviolent offenders to turn themselves in this weekend police are holding a safe surrender 2023 event all day today as well as saturday at Galilee Baptist Church on Herman Street in Nashville. At the church, wanted nonviolent offenders can meet with a judge and receive, quote, favorable consideration. As police in Nashville said, if you're a wanted nonviolent offender, meet with a judge at the church, receive favorable consideration, and likely get to go home. I wonder how many people will take them up on that. I wonder how common... This is, but if you're someone who's just got that 
grinding inside, if you've got that urge to not be a wanted person anymore, show up today or Saturday at the Galilee Church. And that's in Nashville on Herman Street. And get that favorable consideration by the judge. You, you reckon there in the halls of this missionary Baptist church, they might say, just forget about it. You're, you're good. We, we don't, we don't need to lock you up even though you did something stupid, but they're only encouraging non-violent offenders. FYI. So just be advised on that golfer, John Rom in the news. He's my favorite. What was PGA golfer. But now, John has turned tail on the PGA Tour. Thursday had a big press conference, and John Rahm, the Spaniard and former Arizona State University golfer, and has his name almost identical to my name in the way it's spelled, John Rahm has left the PGA Tour for the Saudi-funded Live Golf League. And he's a guy who was adamant that he would not ever consider, I think, joining this tour, but he's he's done it. In fact, Thursday he started a media tour, and he switched out his green jacket that he won at the Masters last year in Augusta for a black letterman's jacket from the Live Golf Tour, and he wore that with media appearances. Rom in a explanation of why he's making the jump to the live tour said that he thinks the innovation and the vision of live golf is what pushed him to at least give it a chance and hear the pitch ultimately ended up being what I wanted to hear live golfers play less tournaments. They're more worldwide with their tournaments and there's a heck of a lot of money. And in fact, you get money to join this tour. In fact, some outlets reporting that John Rom got a half a billion dollars to sign on to live golf. And he also gets to have ownership in his team that he's going to have as this tour has teams of four golfers that you can go out and get money for being a teammate in addition to your own solo golfing that you do. So not even close, not even close. And if Rom got a half a billion dollars just to sign his name on the dotted line, how about this? Last year, the PGA Tour's complete prize fund for all tournaments combined was $460 million. So he is making more money by signing his name to the dotted line of the Live Tour than the entire PGA Tour winnings for last year. And he's good. Like I said, he's my favorite golfer for right now. Not that I have people I don't like. Golf's kind of a weird sport. It's, uh, you, you kind of pull for everybody. I just like John Rom because of his name. And I like his attitude. He's, he's a cool guy. And he's not even an American. He's not even a, a Southerner. And I, I guess I got a soft heart for a guy that, Almost has my name, but boy, John, if you're listening, help out your fellow John and slide me some of that cool $500 million that you just got for doing nothing, just for switching tours. <laughs> That's a pretty amazing, 
payday for John Rom and his wife, and I think they've got now two little ones. And this, again, is another big coup as Live Golf has Brooks Kepka as part of its roster, Cameron Smith, a guy who's won big time, a major winner. I think Cameron won the Open Championship. Phil Mickelson, the lefty, has he really was the first one to climb the hill of Live Tour and take all the incoming heat for doing so. DJ's part of it, Dustin Johnson, and then another guy from the South that's pretty cool, Bryson DeChambeau, although raised in Texas. He's an SMU alum, so we'll claim him. But now Live Tour setting up to be even bigger in 2024. This is the tour also that not long ago forged a deal with the PGA Tour, and so they're, they're kin, if you will, K-I-N going forward, but uh, not making some of the purest of golf happy with the decision for John Rahm to move over to this new competitive tour, the Live Tour. Now, some other crazed sports news of the day. Last week, we had championship weekend in college football. You had the Big 12 championship take place in Arlington between the Texas Longhorns and the Oklahoma State Sooners. No, the Oklahoma State Cowboys. What am I thinking? You know, it's hard to keep usually when you say Texas and then you say Oklahoma, it's always usually the Sooners. But no, the Pokes actually made it this year to the Big 12 championship game, and then Texas destroyed them. But news out of Stillwater, as a search warrant has been served at an Oklahoma State University fraternity AGR Alpha Gamma Rho, that's the agriculture fraternity. And a search warrant's been served by Stillwater Police at this AGR house after a dead longhorn was found on the lawn of the college farmhouse fraternity a day before the Texas Oklahoma State Championship game. The discovery of the dead longhorn cow happened around 6 30 in the morning on Friday, December 1st. According to the Oklahoma State University campus newspaper, the Ocali, a carcass had expletive carved into the side and the stomach was cut open. Yikes, this is disturbing. An officer with the police department in Stillwater said that the cow appeared to have been dead for less than 24 hours and was not killed on the lawn. The Longhorns of Texas beat Oklahoma State, 49-21 on Saturday in the Big 12 Conference Championship game. This may have been a fraternity prank, but it definitely went the wrong way. AGR founded in 1905 by agriculture students. The fraternity said in a statement that it was working with Stillwater Police in its investigation. And in a statement to media, the fraternity national office said that They're sickened and surprised by this incident as our peers on campus. It's disheartening to see the disregard for proper animal welfare displayed by this situation. So we'll find out what repercussions come to this fraternity in Stillwater again with a dead longhorn cow put on its lawn there in Stillwater, Oklahoma, all leading up to the big game. Saturday between Oklahoma State and Texas. 
the horns with that big victory. And now Texas rides off to the college football playoff where they're one of the four teams competing for a national championship. And then when 2024 arrives, the Longhorns and that other team from Oklahoma, the Sooners, will be joining the Southeastern Conference. And that is going to tick off Oklahoma State Cowboy fans maybe even more than losing to them in the Big 12 championship last week. That game was a blowout. All right, that is a look at some of our headlines here in the South on this Friday. When we come back, we're going to rewind back to Tuesday. Jerry Short was on with us. He's the Takapola storyteller. And good old Jerry and I had a great conversation about some of the world affairs right now, some of the bloodshed that's taking place around the globe. And we've got that rather intellectual conversation, a portion of it, coming back to you next. It's I-C-Y-M-I. sneaky snake now maybe you won't see him maybe you won't hear but he'll sneak up behind you and drink all of your root beer and then sneaky snake goes dancing wiggling and a hissing sneaky snake goes dancing giggling and a kissing I don't like old Sneaky Snake, he laughs too much, you see. When he goes wiggling through the grass, it tickles his underneath. Oh, a song about a snake from the old storyteller Tom T. Hall here on a Friday. Kentucky's on there. Enjoy hearing Tom T. music. What a, what a great. Only a few minutes left here in this Final hour of the show all about the Southeast. Love hearing Tom T. Hall music. Love hearing the Takapola storyteller talk. Just sing, talk. I guess I might even enjoy hearing him snore, although I don't think I ever have. And that's a good thing, more than likely. But Jerry Short is the Takapola storyteller, and he drops by on Tuesdays here on the show all about the South with his incredible blend of old stories and current knowledge and 99.7% accuracy in what he talks about. He, he's not fake news. If Jerry Short tells you, it, it's probably a true story. It's probably really happening. But he has quite a background. Included in that background is decades of service in the National Guard or the Reserve Forces of the u.s army and he rose at one time to be a special forces guy in the reserves and jerry short is a tough guy he used to run like 10 miles a day every day tough guy jerry short well i wanted to talk to him when we had him on tuesday about some of this world crisis that we've got we've got conflict in israel with hamas there in the gaza strip you got issues in Ukraine, and now some bloodshed in Yemen, and America is involved in Yemen. So I wanted to talk to Jerry about all that, put on more of a current affairs hat, if you will, with Jerry 
when he stopped by Tuesday. Let's rewind to our conversation. It is called I-C-Y-M-I, in case y'all missed it. And here's our Takapola storyteller filling us in his thoughts on all this conflict around the world. Which, uh, you know, that probably don't go very far in a lot of places. But uh, if you'll pay attention to what's happening, uh, I can, you can go back to the Suez Canal in Egypt when it was hit. I was delivering newspapers, and I may have been 11 years old riding a bicycle around town throwing newspapers on porches. But I'm reading about that, and that's scaring me then. Well, I mean, we didn't stop. It's just something has been going on in that part of the world ever since then, you know. And uh, it's going to continue to go on until we turn Israel, uh, the Jewish nation, loose and let them take care of the situation. You've got to stop these terrorists, but you can't leave enough of them back to rebuild. You know, when they say they had like uh, 700 miles or something like that of tunnels uh, in the Gaza Strip? Well, I think they've maybe uh, taken care of 500 miles of them. Really? Well, that's at least two or 300 miles of tunnels. They've already gotten 500 miles out of that in a month. Uh, three to 500, yeah. They, I don't know. They've. Uh, you know, the, the, you go in them in houses, you go in them, you know, like that hospital situation. They build the stuff, they they, they use uh, people like that as shields. They use families, they use uh, they use uh, hospitals, people in hospitals, and they build their headquarters up under all that. And uh, then I think there's a main uh, tunnel that goes out to the Mediterranean Sea uh, off of the Gaza Strip. And, I, you know, I don't know why you can't get out there. They worried, they've been worried about it. And they were pretty smart, uh, Hamas was, about uh, taking uh, prisoners when they came in. I think that was their main plan, to keep them and put them in those tunnels. Or we could have, uh, we, you know, I'm saying we because they're an ally of ours. And they're probably the only democracy in the whole Mideast. Uh, I, think, yeah, I think they are. Uh, we could have flooded those tunnels out. You know, you could you could have pumped water in out of the Mediterranean Sea and flooded them all out and flooded all the terrorists out of there, and that brought every one of them out in the open. And it and it, it would have saved the Palestinians that live in that Gaza Strip area, which is about six miles wide by what twenty six, twenty seven miles long. It's not that big of an area, but uh, it's it's long and narrow. But uh, and those tunnels have just They've been working on those tunnels for years and years and years and years and years. And, uh, they, they prepared and, uh, they're really good. Uh, they're good tunnels. You know, it's not like in Vietnam where we had to go in those, uh, caves that they call tunnels that you took tunnel rat soldiers, little guys that weighed about 110 pounds to go in of American troops. Uh, this is things that you can walk around in and they've got lights in and they've got, electricity in and they, everything's monitored in there and they got cameras and you know they're, they're elaborate tunnel system and it looks like a snake if you've ever seen an aerial photog from above pointing back down where their tunnels are because they pick it up on infrared and uh, you can see how the tunnels are laid and they're all over the place i mean you know it, it just looks like a network of snakes called uh Ooh, that's kind of scary that again some of our conversation from tuesday with the takapola storyteller jerry short here on the y'all show and man what a big fat mess that's going on 
in the Gaza Strip and in Israel right now. And if you listen to that entire conversation that Jerry and I had earlier this week, you'll learn more about what's going on also in Yemen and in Ukraine. The Y'all Show podcast has that full conversation. You can find the Y'all Show podcast on Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn app, plus Apple Podcast, Apple iTunes, and right there at y'all.com. Well, that concludes our number one. Stay tuned. We got Paul Hare and the Hare Financial Group's own Paul Hare dropping by for financial talk in hour two. That and a whole lot more on y'all. Welcome back into y'all, hour number two on the program all about the Southeast. A busy hour headed your way here on our deep fried conversation of Dixie. We got Paul Hare of the Hare Financial Group coming. We've got movie talk. We've got a new Jesus being born type movie out called Because of Bethlehem. I'm going to tell you about that and its connections to the South. All that here in our second hour plus headlines and more if you would like to be part of the show and we'd love to have you as part of y'all text us 615-208-4184 email us m-a-i-l mail at y'all.com gonna be a soggy weekend for a lot of you out there so just uh plan accordingly the good news is i'm not telling you about a winter blizzard coming across this weekend so enjoy your non-blizzard winter before winter really hits here pretty soon something tells me we're gonna have uh old man winter coming down hard on us before we know it so enjoy getting around easily and hopefully between now and christmas we'll have good roads to where all of you can get out there and see loved ones and do the things that you need to do this time of year as christmas is just over two weeks away wow what uh what happened to 2023 y'all let's dive into a couple of news headlines today on the y'all show before we welcome in paul Hare, and actually speaking of hair hair is going to be one of our big headlines i'm going to tell you about in a second and it might make you a little nauseous when i get to this particular hair story it's a it's a hairy story to tell but recapping the big story here across the southeast today the city of decatur in alabama has now fired three officers involved in the shooting death of a man who was shot in late September. These officers have not been charged, but they have been three suspended and then a fourth also suspended for their involvement 
in the shooting death of Stephen Perkins. Perkins, a 39-year-old man, was shot in late September at his home after a tow truck came out to repossess his vehicle. And video camera footage shows the shooting of which 18 gunshots were fired at this man's home on September 29th in Decatur, Alabama. And currently the Alabama Law Enforcement Agency investigating. But a bad situation right now, again, still being investigated to where there's no charges. But this is the latest race-related incident here in America that might likely brew into something bigger. This one, to me, kind of has shades of what happened in Memphis earlier this year going on there with the investigation and why this is just now some of this coming to light, some of the video. But the mayor, Tab Bowling of Decatur, Alabama, saying that these officers being fired effective immediately and he did not release the names of them, but the city on edge in North Alabama after more video and more justice for Stephen Perkins' movement being kicked off there in North Alabama. Also want to let you know in our headlines across the Southeast today that the childhood home where Martin Luther King Jr. was born was almost set on fire Thursday, and Good Samaritans, including some from New York State and from Utah, helped stop the arson there at the home on Auburn Avenue in Atlanta. And a woman has now been arrested and charged with criminal attempt to commit arson in the second degree and interference with government property. The MLK birthplace is actually part of the National Park Service. It was acquired back in 2018, and it's been closed since late November. It's under a two-year major renovation and just complete checking it out and getting it set for the future. It's not set to open again until November of 2025. And some knucklehead woman, it appears, tried to set it on fire. And if not for a couple of good Samaritans, they wouldn't have been able to stop the 26-year-old woman who reportedly poured gasoline on the home at 501 Auburn Avenue in Atlanta and two good Samaritans actually held her down on the ground. It turns out the Samaritans included two tourists who were stopping by to see the home from Utah and then two off-duty New York Police Department officers, NYPD officers in Atlanta, helping save the home again of Martin Luther King Jr. as a, a birthplace for him. The Booty Patrol guy's been arrested in Florida. That's good news if you're trying to figure out who's driving around DeSoto County, Florida with Booty Patrol. Gabriel Renteria arrested, or not arrested, pulled over. I don't think he's been arrested because I'm not sure what he did was completely illegal. It gets real iffy depending on your local jurisdiction on when you start using shades of lights on your vehicles trying to mimic law enforcement. But this guy, Renteria, had a white pickup truck that looked like a Customs and Border Patrol truck, except instead of saying Border Patrol, it said Booty Patrol. And he had his own Instagram account and was having a good time. But law enforcement doesn't like having that. And so he got charges 
filed on him for impersonating law enforcement and obstructing police. So Renteria will find out if he can uh, survive the good old booty patrol charges that he's got coming forward. But you may not see in DeSoto County, Florida, booty patrol back on patrol anytime soon. And lastly, in our headlines across the southeast today, I want to let you know about Hare, not Paul. Paul standing by. We're going to get him after the break. But, uh, you know, you might want to go ahead and grab a drink real quick. This, 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 this one here might make you a little nauseous. And I am the biggest proponent of Bojangles. But sadly, Bojangles in the news because in Powell, Tennessee, a Bojangles chicken restaurant has received a failing grade because of a half dozen critical violation that were found there at the Powell, Tennessee Bojangles. They got a 63 there in Powell at the Bojangles and any grade of 69 and below considered failing in Tennessee. But listen up to this. The inspectors, when they went into this Powell Bojangles, found hair in the pimento cheese and the cheese was then thrown away. Well, thankfully, yes, thank you for throwing that away. You don't put hair in your pimento cheese. Yeah. Um, the inspector also observed no one was washing their hands during the inspection. <laughs> and, uh, you know, come on, Bojangles. Y'all got awesome biscuits. Awesome biscuits. I love the chicken. I love the Bojangles fries. But uh, I don't want hair. I doubt you want hair served up with any of your Bojangles chicken anytime soon. So something tells me the corporate folks from Charlotte are heading over to Powell, Tennessee right now and getting them straight there at this Bojangles location. And that, y'all, is a hairy subject to have to tell you about as we close up our news headlines of the day. But Mr. Hare himself, Paul Hare, standing by when we come back from the break. Paul is going to fill us in on the goings-on on Wall Street and more this week as we get so close to Christmas. How is the economy going to handle it? And, of course, our weekly update on Mr. Powell. That would be Jerome. The Y'all Show continues after this. in the bank would be nice especially with saint nick coming here pretty soon we're back on the show that shakes the southland this is the y'all show filling you in with all the news and sports and entertainment news we got your food goings on of dixie but we also try to save you money and enlighten you financially 
And that's what we do each Friday when Paul Hare of the Hare Financial Group is kind enough to swing on by and fill us in on all that. And with money in the bank in mind, Paul, did you want to get, uh, you want to go ahead and share me your routing number and all that kind of stuff so you can go ahead and set me up for Christmas? Sure, it's BR549. Oh, come on now, that's not funny. Paul, how you doing? Good. Welcome back into the Y'all Show, y'all. Doing good, doing good. It is cold up here in Indianapolis. Indiana. Oh, that's where you are. You're for your little gathering of financial folks. Yep, yep. We're up here for a final quarter, getting ready to kick off the year, uh, 2024 year meeting. So we're having a good time. Uh, you know, that you, you enjoy these meetings, but I can tell you sometimes being in a room full of financial planners is about as exciting as having a root canal without anesthesia. Hmm. I haven't had that happen. So do y'all talk, do y'all talk, when y'all take breaks, do you talk money or what do do you talk about? Well, we talk about, uh, when we take breaks, sometimes we talk about, you know, everything, football, what's going on, stuff like that. But, uh, you know, we we talk about what, what we're going to see in the future in the market. Uh, We're watching the yield come down on the 10 year. I mean, less than two months ago, we were knocking, well, less than a month ago, we were knocking on 5% on the 10-year, and now today it looks like it's going to open up around 413 to 4.15, so we don't know what it's going to be in that ballpark area. Uh, so you've almost you've watched almost a 9, 90% basis point drop in the 10-year in less than a month. And what does that mean? That means uh, the yield's coming down, which means interest rates are coming down. You're going to watch your money market account come down. You're going to watch your uh, uh, mortgage rates come down. You're going to watch your short-term CDs come down. So, you know, it's it's going to be interesting. Uh, Powell is already, like you say, our weekly update on Powell. Um, They have priced in, and this is what's scary with the market, they've priced in about a hundred and thirty basis point cut, and Powell is not any projected that uh, any cuts anywhere near that level. Um, so uh, we're hearing right now, if he only does a sixty-five basis point cut, you could probably see uh, the equities market take about anywhere from a six to a. That, uh, more like a nine six to a nine percent drop uh, so we could see the market take a go down next year around anywhere from six to nine percent so uh, you know their safety of money is where uh, people are looking at now and so can 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 your portfolio withstand that and so that's what we're talking about right now that's why I told you <clears throat> excuse me Valentine's Day is not only the important day for relationships, but that's the 45th day of the year, and we will know what the 2024 holds and what it looks like by Valentine's Day. So uh, that's what basically uh, we're going to talk about today. You know, it's 8.30 here, so uh, we'll be going into our meetings around 9, 9.15. So it's going to be interesting, to say the least. I gather... Let's say you're wanting to get something special for Sweetie on Valentine's this year. You can use the excuse that I heard Paul Hare say that 
We won't know until no, you, Valentine's Day. So, baby, no, you, baby, I didn't get you that ring because he said hold off. No, you no, 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 uh-uh, uh-uh. I, no, don't put that off on me. It's like I tell <laughs> so to tell a client come in. I say, you know, uh, one guy had budgeted for a new truck and a cruise. Well, the market went down a little, and I said, well, you get to tell your wife. Uh, which one you're going to choose, the new truck or the cruise. And he looked at me and he said, that's your job. I said, I do financial counseling. I don't do marriage counseling. So uh, needless to say, they went on the cruise and he's holding off on his new truck. Oh, man. Poor, poor fella. Yeah. uh Yeah. Mom ain't happy. Nobody ain't nobody happy. Daddy ain't happy. Who cares? You sound like you know Uh, what you're saying when you say that. Yes, I do. I know that very well. Okay. Paul here, Hair Financial Group with us. Hair Financial Group, an insurance and investment agency. You can give them a call, 731-664-0047, Paul, we're about maybe to the halfway point between Black Friday and Christmas. Any more mm-hmm. news that you're hearing from retail? How's that shaping up with the markets? And we're more? we're still spending where we're spending, uh, so we're seeing what's going on. Also, trying to catch what the job report look like. If you see it come across your screen, tell me. Um, but anyhow, uh, we're uh, we're still seeing spending, but it's still being done with credit instead of cash, and that's scary. Um, you know, this jobs report that we're waiting to hear. We're hearing anywhere from 190 to 230, and 199,000 new jobs came on board. Now, 40, 40, uh, 35 to 40,000 of that is strikers coming back to work. So, if it's 40, then we're looking at about 160,000 new jobs added. What is that going to say to Powell? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, at least it's not the 230. Uh, if it had been the 230, you would have probably see Powell come out real hawkish. And that that uh, so right now it's kind of lukewarm. We'll wait and see what he says. But um, you know, uh, spending people are you know well, you've got a firm, PayPal, Spotify, and Blot. They are seeing record amounts of the new accounts opening. So uh, the the key is, are we going to be able to pay those bills when they start coming due in January? So that's going to be interesting to see what happens there. So, All right. The breaking news. Tell us once again, Paul, when it comes to the jobs. We had 199,000 new jobs added. Uh, they were Some were predicting as high as 230, but... In those numbers, they were saying that thirty-five to forty thousand were stri- uh, uh, strikers, union strike coming back online. So, really, you're looking at if you take those out, you're looking at about one hundred and sixty thousand, one hundred fifty-nine to one hundred sixty thousand new jobs created. Wages are are holding level, not really much of an increase on wage. It's still a concern, but um, there again, nobody wants to be in office when we have to do something to start cutting wages. So I don't think you'll see anything done with wages 
I think you're going to see automation come in, and that will that will is what's going to reset the job market. Now it'll take five to eight years to get it reset, but that's what you're going to see happen. Unemployment rate falling to three point seven percent with the addition okay. of one hundred and ninety nine thousand jobs. So. The S and P it is affected by these job reports, right? It is well, all the market is as a whole because what they're looking at is what Powell's going to do. Usually, when you have a good job number, it means the equities go up, everybody's happy. But with them trying to get a hold of inflation, uh, a good jobs number could be have an adverse effect on the market right now so we're waiting to see what how he's going to react now there's something new lurking senator warren is bringing up her wealth tax again so uh they're they're saying we need to make the 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 billionaires pay well all of her tax proposals does nothing about taxing dividends uh as these Gentlemen take most of their income as dividends and capital gains, and it does not address them borrowing against assets to uh, have money come in. So, you know, that's now, that's been going on a while, but it's really caught the headlines lately. Uh, you say you've got a, a CEO who's got stock options and he wants to cash them in, but he doesn't want to pay the capital gains tax, even that. So what he does is he borrows money against those options, against those that stock, and uh, then what happens is is he pulls that money out, and he has uh, free income. So you know now he's got to pay that loan back, but if he's doing it inside the corporation, uh, there's ways to get around that too. So it's you know we're going to see what Senator Warren gets accomplished. Um, if it's just a way to raise more income tax to soak the wealthy, it's not going to be the wealthy. It's going to be soaked. It's going to be the middle class. Paul Hare, Hare Financial Group with us here on the Y'all Show Friday talking money and more. Paul, I think this is a rather short list, so that's why I'm asking the question. Uh-huh. But how many, let's say, senators really get involved with financial legislation and have things to say often about finance? Elizabeth Warren's one of them. Anybody else? Right. Well, you you you've got you've got Schumer will come in, but a lot of them. I mean, let let's be honest. I don't care if you're Democrat or Republican. These senators and congressmen don't read the bills. They have staff that read the bills and advise them on what's going on. So if you've got a congressman or a senator with a good staff, whether they're Democrat or Republican, and can really see how these bills affect. And these laws affect the economy. Uh, you're going to be all right, but you know, um, it, it's an election year. Okay, we got election year come up, so it it's uh, popular to talk about uh, uh, race relations. It's popular to talk about income taxation. It's popular to talk about what we're going to do to get more programs coming to those in need, and so um, you know. Gotcha. Gotcha. Very short list, 
of uh, senators and congressmen who actually know the financial market. Actually, I mean, you're probably talking, uh, I can tell right now off the top of my head, I can name about eight that actually know what goes on in the market. So. That, that's why I thought that list would be pretty short. And if you go back in history, it was Elizabeth Warren that kind of came into the Senate riding on the coattails of all that shut down Wall Street. What was that whole movement mm-hmm. called? I've already forgotten, thankfully. Uh, you mean uh, in the two, early 2000s or yeah. the 90s? No, in the 2000s. Remember when they people wanted to you know, get rid of uh, all oh. the rich? And, and, and Elizabeth Warren, remember her battle well, that, cry was to take from the rich and give to the poor or something like that. Well, they were going, uh, that was back, back before the meltdown. It was uh, under 2006. And it was get 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 the corp get the corporations because of uh, what Bush had done as far as some of the tax laws he had passed. Hmm. So it, you're looking around 2008. You had the meltdown of the uh, uh, of the real estate market because of all the subprime going on, and so uh, that battle cry is to get everybody. Of course, the sentiment back then was to get everybody. So hmm. you know. Now, what we're advising clients to do right now, if you've got money sitting on the side or if you've got three or four accounts kind of spread out, why don't we combine them together, look at getting, you know, look at your risk tolerance. We still got some good interest rates on fixed money. It's come down. We were paying 6.15. Now it's around anywhere from 5.5 to 5.85, depending on length and uh, the liquidity you want in it, uh, but it's still a good rate. Uh, we feel that uh, we're going to keep seeing the 10-year go down, and uh, it may bounce back a little. But right now, if, let me say this, bonds were getting tore up. If you bought some good, uh, if you bought some 10-year bonds uh, at that six, at that 5% on the 10-year uh, bond, you're sitting pretty right now. In fact, uh, you're doing extremely well right now with the with the uh, tenure at 4.1. So uh, some of my clients are really smiling uh, because uh, we got in we got in when the market was right. Uh, so they're they're happy right now. And if you want to be a smiling Paul Hare client, you might want to call seven three one six six four zero zero four seven. Paul Hare and the Hare Financial Group. I want to ask you, Mr. Hare Financial Group, you don't just do investments. You also work with insurance, and we're winding 2023 down. What can you tell me to help out from an insurance perspective, sir? All right. Well, from an insurance side, if you've got a high-deductible health care, major medical, uh, contribute to your HSA. Uh, if you've got some term insurance that is coming due that's fixing to uh, lapse, go ahead and convert it and get it into a good, strong product. That way your rates won't continue to go up. And uh, really look overall and see how your insurance package looks. Now, I, I don't do homeowner. I don't do car. I would do property and casualty. But I got about four friends that do it, and I recommend – you know, if you come talk to me, I'll send you send you their names and let them make sure that you've got the right product and the right coverage. All right. Hare Financial Group, 
664-0047. You and all your little financial friends have a good conference today, and we will right. look forward to talking to you on Friday of next week. And do that I thing that be, you do, I will sir. Be in the, I will be in the office next. I will be in next Friday. So Ooh. just remember, I'm a registered rep of Securities America, SIPC. All right. And we appreciate you checking in from the Circle City. Paul Hare, thank you, sir. Thank you. All right. We will have more of the Y'all Show coming up. We've got a look at the new movies that are arriving. We've got a Bethlehem-related movie headed to theaters this weekend. I've got the full report coming up. Alabama's native son, little Nat King Cole, and old little town of Bethlehem. We're back here on the Y'all Show. Did you realize that Nat King Cole started his career as a jazz pianist back in the late 1930s? He formed a group called the King Cole Trio. But boy, what a voice and a great Christmas tune there from NKC, old little town of Bethlehem. He only lived to be 45 years old. He died way back in 1965, Nat King Cole. But man, what a voice and what a great sound for this native Alabamian, Nat King Cole, and the incredible job that he had on the music chart. All that despite having issues throughout his day. He was assaulted. In 1956, assaulted on stage during a concert in Birmingham. Three men belonging to the Citizens Council assaulted Cole, trying to kidnap him while he was playing there in Birmingham. And he was 
also a guy that got involved a little bit with politics. He presented at the Democratic National Convention in 1960. He was there to support John F. Kennedy in his bid to be president, and that ended up working out pretty well for JFK to be the president of the United States in that 1960 election. But unfortunately, he had issues with his lungs. He was a heavy cigarette smoker, and he had lung cancer. And ultimately, that would help take his life in 1965. Nat King Cole and a great holiday tune there for you. Oh, little town of Bethlehem. Bethlehem remains on our thoughts because we've got our look at new movies hitting theaters this weekend. It's part of our Dixie Cinema feature. And in that Dixie Cinema feature for the week, wanted to let you know about a couple of new films that you can go check out in the theater this weekend, one of which is Max Lucado's Silent Night. That Rather, I'm sorry, Max Lucado's Because of Bethlehem. Silent Night's another movie that's out right now. But this one, Max Lucado's Because of Bethlehem. It's based on the best-selling book from Max Lucado, and it reminds audiences that the spirit of Christmas is more than a pretty tree with presents piled up underneath. Experience the joy of the season with a star-studded evening of artist performances. And again, this is a, you could call it a film, you could call it a more of a live performance, but it's a good, good option for you right now if you're looking for something family-friendly to go see on Christmas and the array of acts and more that are part of this. I've got a promotional video for this new movie that I'm going to play for you right now. Again, all this is based on Max Lucado's book. Max Lucado is a guy who is from San Antonio, Texas, and he is the minister at Oak Hills Church in San Antonio, Texas. And he's a San Angelo, Texas native who attended Abilene Christian University and started as the Oak Hills Church minister back in 1988. And originally that was the Oak Hills Church of Christ there in San Antonio, Texas. And he has had a great tradition of using musical instruments and worship services there in this great church in San Antonio. After serving as senior minister, he announced in 2007 that he was stepping down due to health concerns related to atrial fibrillation. And he has now resumed in a limited ministerial role there at the church. And he believes that the Bible is infallible. And he's also considered to be a credo Baptist. Not exactly sure what that means, but let me check on what that means. Believer's baptism is credo, what that comes from. The practice of baptizing those who are able to make a conscious profession of faith would be a credo Baptist. And again, he has penned this book that is out there. Lucado named America's pastor by Christianity Today back in 2005 and a very, very successful pastor who has turned his work into a book. And now you've got this sort of concert slash biographical film that's out in a limited run across the Southeast with this new 
Max Lucado's Because of Bethlehem. As I said, I got a promotional clip that I'm going to play here in a second. This film is directed by Steve Gilreath. Steve is a guy who is from the New Orleans area originally. He's the director. And together, a Texan and a Louisiana native to combine for this new film that you can go check out. Let's go hear the trailer, if you will, promoting the new book that got turned into a movie because of Bethlehem with Max Licato. I love Christmas. The sleigh bells that ring, the carolers that sing, the trees covered with new fallen snow, the repeats of Charlie Brown Christmas show. Even though I love Christmas, I have to admit in many ways it seemed more innocent when I was a child, more overflowing with joyful expectation, hope, and promise. But all of us grew up and became adults, and for us, Christmas isn't about presents and brightly decorated sugar cookies anymore. Some years we face the reality that no matter how much we wish for a different outcome, Christmas can be a season of sadness, of lost hope and disappointments. You look around and prosperity and good health seem to be what everyone else is experiencing. While under your tree and on your plate, there seems to be so little of both. If that's the case for you, and right now you're looking forward to December 26th more than December 25th, then I have a story for you to consider. In my four-week study, Because of Bethlehem, we'll look at the Christmas story in a new way. We'll see that God has a face and became like one of us. We'll learn why the angels worshipped and why that matters. How God guided the wise men and how he can guide us today. And most of all, how God can take a messy situation and turn it into something wonderful. Just like he did in Bethlehem. I encourage you to rekindle all the joy and wonder of the Advent season and make this Christmas your best Christmas ever. Again, it's Because of Bethlehem with Max Licato, and you might can check that out at a theater near you. A great, great option. Also, it's available on Explore Flicks if you can't find it in a theater. But that was the voice, by the way, of Max Licato, the author of the book, The Pastor from Texas having his work get up on the big screen in some cases, and you can download it and more inspirational work and a successful book, again, for this guy from San Angelo, Texas, originally and author of a bunch of works. I mean, he has written at least 20 books throughout his career, and his most recent book, Help Is Here, Finding Fresh Strength and Purpose in the Power of the Holy Spirit, Thomas Nelson put that out in 2022, and he's been writing books and putting them out to the public for 38 years now, it looks like. Max Licata, a great, great job mixing in his writing with getting out there when he's able to in front of the congregation at his Texas church, and you can check out his latest work. That's the newest film hitting theaters this weekend. A reminder that Silent Night, also a fairly new movie that's doing well at the box office. And The Shift is a new one also that you can check out 
Neil McDonough is the star of that. And you also have Elizabeth Tabish of Oklahoma, a co-star in The Shift. And I still haven't seen Napoleon. That's on my to-do list this weekend. In fact, I want to check out that historic movie. I'm getting mixed reviews on it. I'll let you know next week how well I thought Napoleon turned out. A long movie. It's about three hours long. So I'm going to make sure I don't drink a lot of sweet tea prior to going in and seeing that one. It is the Y'all Show. We've got a lot of stuff here that we mix in when we get together each and every day. And when we come back in hour number three, we're going to tell you about a lady who's on one heck of a high this week. It's Brenda Lee, Little Miss Dynamite, the country music legend. we got a wonderful Brenda Lee song that we're going to be playing. It's not rocking around the Christmas tree, but we'll tell you about the incredible feat that Brenda Lee has pulled off this week. As the Y'all Show Talk with an Accent on the South continues on a Friday. Welcome in. It is a Friday as we get ready for a big weekend, just a couple of weeks before Christmas, and it's time to party, y'all. She couldn't keep from crying when she told me goodbye. But I know, Lord, it was breaking her heart that she was breaking mine. So for the sake of her feelings and the sake of my pride, I told her not to worry about me. I'm sitting here soaking up the neon lights Misery looking for some company And tonight I'm looking for a party cry Slamming back and laughing out loud Where the smoke's so thick The blues can't hang around With the jukebox jumping like I just don't care If they're dancing over here or fighting December. We're the All Show. We get together each Friday on this program and put a little party mood going. A lot of you are having office Christmas parties right now, and a song like this would be perfect, don't you think? The perfect Christmas song, David Lee Murphy and Party Crowd. Help, help me sing along now. Merry Christmas, y'all. Where the smoke's so thick, the blues can't hang around. 
Ho, ho, ho! With the jukebox jumping like it just don't care if they're dancing over here or fighting over there. I'm making the rounds looking for a party crowd. What you say? I'm looking for a party crowd. Slamming them back. Laughing out loud where the smoke's so thick the blues can't hang around. One more. With the jukebox jumping like it just don't care if they're dancing over here or fighting over there. David Lee helping us get ready for the weekend and our tradition here on Fridays to get the final hour going. A little party crowd. Oh, man, what a good song. And what a song that will always put smiles, at least on many of your faces. It definitely puts a smile on this old boy's face when we have this spot. Maybe it's because it's Friday and maybe you can see the bright lights of the weekend staring you right in the face. That's perhaps what we're hoping for. This is the show about the South. We try to put a bright light in your eye and in your face and shining brightly upon you each and every time that we get together with our little program about the southeast nobody does it like us and we appreciate you being along for the ride our website is y'all.com we're powered in part by that website and on y'all.com you can find podcasts of this show right there on the home page there is a little tab called y'all show and go there and you'll be all set to listen to the more than 700 episodes of the show that we've been doing for many, many years, and we could not have done it without you. We're also available in podcast form on Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn app, Apple Podcast, and Apple iTunes. And thank you again for those of you who take time to find us on radio stations across the Southeast. We're all Southern. We're all about education. We're all about history and entertainment and fun and kind of combining all of that. We had a historic week in music this week. We have a historic feat by a lady that has the number one song on the Billboard hot chart. It's from a lady born Brenda May Tarpley back in 1944. I'm sorry, Brenda Lee. I said that you were over 80 years old. You're not quite 80. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> That's actually a good good way to apologize. I'm sorry. Brenda Lee is from Lithonia, Georgia originally. And we're going to play a song of hers that was not a Christmas song, but a big, big, big song for her in just a second. But Brenda Lee has had perhaps the greatest week of her life this week. This lady at roughly 79 years old, I think she's got a birthday coming up this weekend. It might be Monday It's when she has what's going to be her 79th birthday. She was born December 11th, 1944 in Lithonia, Georgia. And Little Miss Dynamite is her name. She stands right about four foot seven, I think is her height. And what a voice that she's got. Brenda Lee, if you're not that familiar with her, will just sit back and let John Rawl here on the Y'all Show tell you about Little Miss Dynamite, who has been having great success throughout her career. And she got started young. She was sort of the original Leanne Rhymes, if you will, 
in country music, the original Tanya Tucker, if you will, as Brenda Lee, a rockabilly, pop, country, and Christmas music sensation. She first hit the Billboard chart when she was 12 years old. That was back in 1957. And not long after that, she got the nickname Little Miss Dynamite. And some of her songs through the years that have been big hits include Sweet Nothings, I Want to Be Wanted, Speak to Me Pretty, All Alone Am I, and Losing You. Then she's also had some success when it comes to the Yuletide as Jingle Bell Rock from Brenda Lee was a big hit back in the 1960s. But the bigger song was 1958's Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree, which topped the Billboard Hot 100 this week, 65 years after it first came out. And it has been number one way back in the day, but how about this 78, almost 79-year-old country music legend having the number one song on the Billboard Hot 100 right now with Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree. Now, Brenda Lee has sold over 100 million records across the world, and she's one of the most successful country music artists and American music artists, period, of the 20th century. She actually won Billboard's Top Female Artist of the Decade back in the 1960s, and she's been inducted into both the Country Music Hall of Fame and she's a member of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And in 2023, this year, she was named uh, by Rolling Stone as one of the greatest singers of all time. This is a lady that, again, grew up with a lot of stuff going against her. She was born in the charity ward of Emory Hospital in Atlanta back in World War II in 1944. She weighed four pounds, 11 ounces at birth, and then... Along the way, she had to uh, endure a lot of hardship. Her father was a farmer's son in the Georgia Red Clay Belt. Brenda Lee, as I said, was only five foot seven when she became a woman. And she actually played sports and more as a kid, but that music thing got her. And she ended up having a chance to go forward with her music career after her father died in 1953 when she was only eight years old he died in a construction accident and so she had a chance to be on a tv show in atlanta called tv ranch and somebody saw her and ultimately she had a chance to get some national exposure as she went on to be on ozark jubilee a tv show in augusta georgia and Lo and behold, ultimately, she got radio success. Brenda Lee's hits through the years, starting back in 1956, she's had songs on the radio like One Step at a Time. That one went to number 15 when she was just 12 years old. Then she had a song called Dynamite, probably where her nickname, Little Miss Dynamite, comes from. That was out in 57. And then... It was Sweet Nothings was her first really kind of big national hit in 1959. And then the 1960s were very kind to her. But as we said, throughout that time, she put out songs like Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree and 
also Jingle Bell Rock in the early 1960s. Brenda Lee and a footnote to Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree, of which was first recorded in 1958. That song, this week, it's number one on the Billboard chart 65 years after it first came out. But the other great thing that, that happened to Brenda Lee this week, a state representative in the Nashville area has introduced a bill in the Tennessee State House to make Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree Tennessee's official holiday song. And I think that's going to pass. I think that's going to pass. So Brenda Lee, at almost 79 years young, standing at five foot seven, she's about to have the greatest week, at least in decades, for her performances and for her great work through all these decades. At 79 years old come Monday, her birthday, she's about to wrap up a heck of a turnaround for a lady that some of you might not have even realized she was still alive. <laughs> so take that, all you Brenda Lee haters. But she's sold, as I said, a bunch of records in her time and just a classy lady throughout. A lady that, again, born in Georgia, has been married. She's got a couple of kids, I think two. And wow, what a what a success story for Brenda May Tarpley, known now as Brenda Lee. I wanted to pick out a great Brenda Lee tune to play for you today, and I know it would be easy to play Jingle Bell Rock or Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree again, but I, I wanted to find one that really is a great example of her sound, a a great example of that good Nashville sound that Owen Bradley produced when he was producing Brenda Lee and other great acts of the 1960s. Owen produced Patsy Cline and a bunch of other folks. So what I decided to do today is play one of her signature songs from the early 1960s because I really feel like Brenda Lee's music is timeless. And so today we thought we would play maybe her biggest non-Christmas song and it takes us back to 1960 for this one right here it's i'm sorry brenda lee was 15 years old when this thing came out on the chart it peaked at number one on the billboard hot 100 in july of 1960 and was a big hit really throughout the world a song written by dub all britain and ronnie self owen bradley produced it there at his bradley barn in the nashville area decca records was the label and this thing went up the chart in a big way. It was number one on the U.S. Cashbox Top 100 chart. And it's number 159 right now on the all-time record chart from Billboard. Number 159 of all the songs that have ever been recorded. The song was in the soundtrack for Sweet Valley's Hypomania. It also plays in the background of Tommy Boy, my, one of my favorite movies. I didn't realize that. Let's see here. It plays in the background in Tommy Boy when David Spade and Chris Farley are sitting in a rural diner after Spade hits Farley across the face with a large piece of wood. <laughs> okay, didn't know that. It's also Brenda Lee's I'm Sorry Used 
as an interlude in Beyonce's 2016 tour, The Formation World Tour, in an episode three of the Netflix series, The End of the Effing World. It plays over the end credits of Richard Linkster's tape, okay? And Ben Vaughn referenced it in his song, I'm Sorry, But So Is Brenda Lee. That's the name of that song. Pretty, pretty wild there from Ben Vaughn. A great, again, example of that Nashville sound, that sound that Owen Bradley did an amazing job creating with his Decca Records work and more in the early 1960s. Here's Brenda Lee turning 79 on Monday. She's got the number one song in America right now with Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree, but right now it's that classic 1960 song, I'm Sorry, right here on the Y'all Show, getting you ready for the weekend. Woo, listen to that. Little Miss Dynamite, take it away here on the Y'all Show. I'm sorry, so sorry. official theme song for men across the world i'm sorry from almost 79 year old brenda lee she's got her birthday on monday happy birthday little miss dynamite and again brenda right now with the number one song in america on the top 100 chart she's got 
rocking around the Christmas tree up there 65 years after she first recorded it as a 12-year-old. That song right there, I'm sorry, she recorded when she was 15 back in 1960. Some good music history right here on the show that shakes the Southland. Glad to do it. And for all of you ladies out there that I have ever, ever made mad, let me just borrow from Brenda's song and just say, um, I'm sorry. And yes, dear. (laughs) Those are two things that somebody told me a long time ago. If you know those two expressions as a fella, you'll be just fine going forward with women. Just say, I'm sorry. And yes, dear. Thank you, Tom Porter, for teaching me that, sir. That wraps up our Friday free for y'all here in our opening segment of our final hour of this conversation about the Southeast. When we come back, we got hashtag hullabaloo coming your way, and I'm going to have something to say about the Lone Star State, and I got a lot to say about HHI. That would be Hilton Head Island in the low country of South Carolina. We'll tell you about all that and much, much more. As we journey on, y'all, I'm sorry, so sorry. The only two things in life that make it worth living Is guitars that tune good and firm, feeling women I don't need my name in the marquee lights I got my song and I got you with me tonight Maybe it's time we got back to the basics of love. Let's go to Luke and Buck, Texas, Waylon and Willie and the boys. This successful life we're living got us feuding like the Hatfields and McCoys. Between Hank Williams' pain songs and Blueberries train songs and blue eyes crying in the rain. Out in Lukenbach, Texas, ain't nobody feeling no pain. So baby, let's sell your diamond ring, buy some boots and faded jeans and go away. This coat and tie is choking me In your high society you cry all day We've been so busy keeping up with the Jones Four-car garage and we're still building up Maybe it's time we got back to the basics of love Let's go to Luke and Buck, Texas Oh, Willie had it easy on this record. He didn't have to come in until right when they were wrapping things up there. Little Waylon and Willie and a classic song about a cool little spot in the Lone Star State. We're back here on the Y'all Show filling you in of what's going on across the southeast today. Let's go from blue eyes crying in the rain to talking about just how cool Texas is here. We call it hashtag hullabaloo where we find things on social media and we just serve them up right to you with a lone star beer perhaps uh air female is on x at air female 14 
Air Female describes herself as a northern gal. Maybe she's from up in Amarillo. I'm not really sure what she means by northern in this case. But she writes here that uh, meat rancher, she's a meat rancher, and she likes to fish and hunt, and she has dogs. Okay, thank you, Air Female. And Air Female has put up an emoji that I'm going to share with you here on the Y'all Show because she says it's so true what this emoji says. And the emoji has a outline of Texas on it. And it says, a lot of folks don't know this, but Texas is an old Indian word that roughly translates to, get ready for this, we don't care how you do things up north. Ouch. Air female, you just said you were a northern girl. And and here, this emoji that you're putting out and promoting on social media says that Texas is an old Indian word that roughly translates to we don't care how you do things up north. Well, I've seen a similar emoji. I've seen a similar bumper sticker, come to think of it, <laughs> that's got... Well, we don't care how you do it up north. And that's directed specifically for all folks above the Mason-Dixon line. That one is pretty pretty sharp, too, though. I appreciate Air Female for sharing that with us here. And, yeah, do Texans have issues with Yankees like the rest of the South? Evidently so, according to Air Female. All right? Let's move on here on this Y'all Show And let's take you to another special spot of the Southeast, and that would be HHL on X, and that's Hilton Head Living. At Hilton Head Living on X, talking all things Hilton Head Island Living and South Carolina life, golf, beaches, hot spots, low country vibes. Well, doesn't that sound exciting, especially for a lot of us in the South who might just have a soggy weekend ahead. We might not have golf on our mind. We sure might not have the beach on our mind. But, boy, Hilton Head sounds like a pretty good destination this time of year, don't you think? Well, HHL, Hilton Head Living, has put up a video on their X account of a video, it's it's of a woman sitting by a pool at one of those Hilton Head resorts. And she's not even in a bathing suit. She's just kind of chilling in what maybe be a, it might be a business suit. But it's an example that come this time of year on Hilton Head Island, there in lower Beaufort County, you can go no matter what you're wearing and sit by a pool and hang out and just have a great time. And Hilton Head Living is kind of sticking it in the eye of all of us who aren't on Hilton Head right now with the video of this woman. And then they've got Define Island Life. And they bring in Sea Pines Resort to that conversation. So, yes, you got me, Hilton Head. You got me on this one. What a fantastic place to visit. If you haven't been down to the low country of South Carolina, you should do that. It is a beautiful spot, and I like Hilton Head. And Hilton Head is kind of sandwiched between Savannah, Georgia, and Charleston, South Carolina. And a lot of people may not have time to hit all three places. And you should. You should make time. They're only 115, 20 miles between all three of them. 
and it is just a beautiful portion of our country with the you know i get emotional when i start talking about spanish moss but boy do they have the best spanish moss down there in lower south Carolina, in the low country of south carolina and that spanish moss hangs over the trees when you're driving down those two lane roads going across some of the great rivers that you find and and then you've got the beaches and the food and the people are so nice and the history oh i can't leave out the history that you've got down there with civil war history american revolution battles in that area as well and just just a cool cool section of the world and hilton head if you don't know much about its history it was essentially a barrier island that was essentially not inhabited by white folks until roughly 1940, 50, something like that, when it got developed. And it was purchased or taken, you could say, some people would say taken, but purchased uh, by the what would be called the Gullah inhabitants of that island. And there are still Gullah folks on Hilton Head, but more of the Gullah, the life of the Gullah is well-preserved over on Defusky Island, which is across the sound there from Hilton Head. But the neat thing about the Gullah folks, if you're not familiar with their history, is they are the descendants of slaves who have lived on these barrier islands of South Carolina's low country. Georgia has them too. And they, for many, 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 many decades, were cut off from the rest of the um, America. They didn't have easy access to go over to the mainland, to go over and do shopping and things like that. And so they have their own unique dialect and their own unique history. And that's what Hilton Head was. It was a a Gullah Island until some developer came in there, bought up land, turned them into a lot of golf courses and condominiums. And when they have the annual Heritage Golf event there on Hilton Head, Man, each year I get the biggest laugh when Jim Nance always makes a point on the 18th hole there at Harbortown to say uh, Calabogi Sound on the left and condominiums on the right. That's a tradition that Jim Nance always has to do that each and every time. And I, I think that was originally done by Ken Venturi, I believe, is the one that coined that phrase when he used to be an analyst on CBS Sports doing the Heritage event on the PGA Tour. That event usually is the week after the Masters takes place right up in Augusta, some two hours north of Hilton Head Island. But, yeah, Hilton Head is a great option any time of year. And thank you, Hilton Head Living, for sharing this neat little video of a woman sitting at a pool at the resort. And a lot of you may have Hilton Head Island pinned for your Christmas vacation, a good little escape if you have it. Maybe you should consider. I think the rates to visit there would be a lot cheaper now than, let's say, the summertime. Have I been down there at Christmas? I'm trying to think. I don't know if I have. Yeah, Maybe that's where I need to go this year. Good old Hilton Head. And I love the county seat of Hilton Head Island. That's Beaufort County. Its county seat is Beaufort, South Carolina. And another awesome little spot if you have a chance to get to that place it's not on the beach it's sort of inland but such a really historic and cool town 
and a miniature version of Charleston and Savannah you can find when you stop by Beaufort in South Carolina's Low Country and check out all of the fun stuff there in the Low Country of the Palmetto State. Let's go to Robert Welter. Robert Welter at Robert underscore Welter, a retired pastor, broadcaster, social worker, currently a freelance journalist and analyst. Robert underscore Welter is the account on X. And here we go with some food-related conversation coming in from Robert. Robert writes, Southern Supper Chicken Tenders marinated in a St. Louis-style hot sauce, breaded with hot sauce, homemade southern collard greens and hickory-smoked pork jowl, chicken broth, red wine vinegar, onion, brown sugar, spices, and seasonings. And he's got hashtag comfort food. You know what, Robert? I would put that down in the comfort food category, too. What a combination. Robert, why didn't I get the invitation, sir? Woo, what a what a deal there. First of all, I didn't realize St. Louis had its own styled hot sauce. I know St. Louis claims to be one of our great barbecue centers of the country. St. Louis and Kansas City, come to think of it. Missouri needs to have a, a big civil war there of hot sauce and barbecue uh, sometime soon. Maybe they can gather in Columbia, Missouri, and figure it all out. But, yeah, this guy's got, as part of his Southern Supper, chicken tenders marinated in a St. Louis-style hot sauce. Then he's got collard greens. Oh, my goodness. And, boy, that collard green sure looks good that you got there, Robert. Then he's got hickory-smoked pork jowl. Now, that is a subject that we need to really cover sometime as we get closer to New Year's. A lot of people love their their jowls and their greens and other things that they like to cook up this time of year. And we need to get some good pork jowl recipes lined up for you. Doesn't that sound like a good homework assignment for the weekend for John? Yeah, I think it does. But also Robert's got as part of his feast chicken broth and then some good red wine vinegar mixed in as well as an onion, brown sugar, spices, and seasonings. And with that, he has the definition of comfort food being served up and we appreciate you know one of the neat things of this show is that we go on social media and we find people who aren't afraid to brag about what they're eating and i get the job of relaying what people love to be talking about which is food and fun and fellowship and we do that right here on the show each week we we just kind of sit back and let y'all out southern each other and we're happy that robert is out southerning everybody by bringing in for the first time i don't think i've ever mentioned the words pork jowl on this show so we're making history on this friday y'all show we're going to make history we're going to close things up after this commercial break on y'all we'll come right back and have from dixie with love and also we've got speaking of food A great article just in time for Army-Navy. That's the football game being played Saturday. And for all of you who have served in your honor, I've got an article that I've been able to pull up about five of the best military MREs of all time. I wonder if you know what on a shingle is among them. Hmm. We'll just have to 
We'll just have to find out when we come back. <laughs> it's the Y'all Show. Talk with an accent on the South. Oh, pork jaws and all y'alls. Stay tuned. here on y'all closing things up here on this friday edition some classic sounds about football and a classic football game will go down saturday it's the final regular season game of college football the annual tradition of the army navy game as two beleaguered military academies gather they both have had not the best of years on the gridiron but you can throw out the record books when the Black Knights of West Point and the Middies from Annapolis gather for this annual tradition. The great, great way to send off the regular season. And then bowls will start happening next Saturday in college football. So it's Army, it's Navy. Go Army, beat Navy. Go Navy, beat Army. And in the spirit of the game, I thought we would close out today with a salute to all of you who've served in our armed forces. Sorry this weekend, Air Force. Sorry this weekend, those of you who serve in the Space Force and the Coast Guard. This is more of an Army-Navy thing here this one weekend, so you'll just have to put up with it. But we wanted to find an article that would be appropriate to celebrate the Army-Navy game, and we go to the website chatter.vetfriends.com, and they've got an article up Five of the best military MREs of all times. And no matter if you've served in any of our armed forces, included the the Air Force or the Navy, the Marine Corps, and more, you have had, had a chance at some point, I'm sure, to have plenty of MREs, meals ready to eat. So with that in mind, with the Army-Navy game in mind, our Southern Food for Thought to wrap up things this week We wanted to tell you again the five best military MREs that you've been able to have. Have you ever had the shredded barbecue beef MRE? This one generally has mixed reviews online of its option that they have there, the good U.S. Department of Defense and their wonderful shredded barbecue beef MRE. But uh, it's number five on this breakdown of MREs. This one 
careful if you lived in close quarters while serving in the military because this one might make it uh, difficult to sleep at night. Chili with beans, MRE, is uh, one of those that whether you're deployed or on the base, this one will make your mouth water, they say here at chatter.vetfriends.com. Chili with beans, MRE, one of the five top MREs of all time. Up next is beef stew. This is basically chili and beans with a few more vegetables, but it is out there with the uh, beef stew, one of the good MREs that you can find if you are serving. And look, some of you really like these things that have served, so don't uh, don't hate. Don't hate here with beef stew. Up next, number two on the list of, well, MREs, meals ready to eat from our military, it is beef ravioli. Hmm. Nothing says Italian like beef ravioli. I'm, I'm still surprised that they haven't quite yet figured a way to get pizza, for example, as a MRE, or at least it's not in the top five. But beef ravioli is a favorite among military personnel, and that's why it checks in with this ranking at number two. And according to the article, the MRE for beef ravioli comes with M&Ms, so that automatically makes it better than others. I wonder what says uh, you got to mix M&Ms with beef ravioli, but somebody knew what they were doing when they came up with this particular MRE. And the number one meal ready to eat, according to chatter.vetfriends.com, if you're serving in our military or you have served, first of all, thank you for your service. But I bet you somewhere along the way you absolutely enjoyed the times where they threw out a box that included for MREs Chili Mac. That's the number one choice, according to this website. It's the best MRE of all time. And, of course, there are jokes made about Chili Mac that I won't be able to tell you about what they are, but it is a consistent favorite for a lot of military personnel. And by the way, of course, as you would expect from the military, there's even jokes about what MREs actually stand for. Not just military usage of meals ready to eat, but MRE could stand for meals rejected by everyone, meals rarely enjoyed, meals rejected by the enemy, and meals refusing to exit. Okay, some military humor, but kudos to Chile Mac also known as chili and macaroni when you get the box if you're serving in a trench somewhere and someone throws you out one of these as something to eat well just be thankful because it is the number one on the listing of the five of the best military mres of all time man aren't you hungry all of a sudden i think so again thank you to all of our service personnel and a celebration of our United States military on display Saturday with the annual playing of the Army-Navy game. Last year's game went into double overtime, and the Black Knights of the Hudson emerged victorious in that one last year. So this year's game, could it be almost as exciting or even top what we saw in 2022? It absolutely could be. Both of these teams have problems passing the ball, It's going to be mostly run, and it's going to be 
a great patriotic presentation on display on CBS when Army and Navy gather. That wraps up our Y'all Show for Friday. We want to thank y'all so much for being a part of our program that we indeed have a great time telling you about things like MREs and pork jowl and all of the fun stuff that makes the South what it is. The Y'all Show broadcasting on great radio stations. You can also find our podcast available as we're available on Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn app, Apple Podcast, Apple iTunes, and y'all.com the homepage for all things southern we've got the y'all show posted right there please go give it a listen on y'all.com and we've got contact information on the y'all.com page where you can email us you can even call us right there and we appreciate any and all feedback that you can give us because we have as a mission statement we want to make you happy and entertain and feel better about dixie And that's why we gather each and every day, Monday through Friday, for a program about the South that we call The Y'all Show. Again, it's going to be a fairly soggy weekend for a lot of you out there. Make your plans accordingly. Check out your local weather forecast. There will be some storms. I don't think there's anything too wintry weather going on, so that's a good thing. But we've got another very exciting week of y'all headed your way next week. Can't wait to jump into the fun. I've got a author of a brand new book that will be joining me live on Tuesday's Y'all Show. So hang on for that conversation. And we've got, of course, all the other goings on of the South. And we'll have it packaged for you in a nice way. Have a wonderful weekend. Again, some of you out shopping, be safe as you drive around just over two weeks now until the arrival of Christmas Day. Until we get back together Monday, John Rawl signing off from the Y'all Show. Talk with an accent on Dixie.